inspired intensity is what good art is. I have to get this out of me accurately in a way that instills it immediately in an audience. What would Albert do could be a helpful thing for you if you don't know what to do. Just ask yourself, Wobod, what would Albert do? Well, why wouldn't I ask myself what Jesus would do? That's what that sounds like. Plus, Jesus? Get the fuck out of here. You're not like Jesus. Let me give you an example. Car accident. What would Albert do? The person involved suddenly going to have a baseball bat accident. What? You're watching Harry Potter and Hermione's opening locks and shit all alohomora. What would Albert do? Bitch, Hawaiian ain't magic. What? What would Albert do should only really be a concern of addressed by Albert. Me. I'm tired of you. And them. From people that have no sense of their own me or we. No accountability. Starting with themselves. And how they are a part of the people that are around them. What I would do, and what I do do, do 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 I start with attention and effort. If I'm going to do something, I'm going to give it my attention, and I'm going to give it effort. Otherwise, I'm not going to do it. Doesn't matter how minute what I may be doing is, or if it is the most important thing in the world. It has my attention, and it has my effort, and it has as much of both as I am able to give, or think that it needs. I'm also always very aware of arrangement. I put effort into using my attention to focus on how things are being put together, how they're coming together naturally, and how I want to connect these things. The importance of arrangement is as much in the process of practicing how to put things together as it is in the end result. The more I practice putting things together, the more I also practice pulling them apart because the balance is important as well as both skills are essential to creating better process, having better thinking patterns, having better control over arrangement so that if I do encounter something that I haven't yet arranged, if I have to improvise or simply just respond intuitively to a situation that I have a better intuition and impulse for that. It also helps with things just feeling better, feeling smooth, natural, like I'm on that track that I want to be on. Almost as important as the arrangement, though, is having a tool 
like Occam's razor, essentially, is an idea and attitude I approach a lot of what I do with, where I want to condense, I want to concentrate, and I want to reduce as much as possible, get rid of as much extra or unnecessary anything, so that I just have the simplest, purest form of whatever it is that I'm trying to have. Campbell's Soup figured that shit out. I mean, that's basically all any cooking is, is just reducing and concentrating. You're removing water so it tastes more like whatever it is. The less ingredients you have involved, the less processing, typically, the better it's going to be. I remember being blown away by, and it's still one of my favorite executions of this concept, in a cookbook where a chef was talking about how you could make cookies and how a large part of cookies is flour and how flour just doesn't really have any flavor and how he was thinking if he really wanted a cookie to taste like a cookie, he would have to find a way to concentrate the flavor and the solution for him was to replace flour with cookies. So he baked off a batch of cookies, he dehydrated them and ground them up and processed them like flour. So instead of using flour, he was using cookies to make cookies. So the flavor was so much more like what a cookie could and should be because of the concentration. Even better than that, though, and to this day, one of my favorite things anyone in my life has ever done. When my friend made me coffee that he made with coffee. He brewed a pot of coffee, and then he brewed another pot of coffee using that coffee in place of the water. And it was every bit as over the top as it sounds, and it made it so exciting <laughs> to drink, and just like unnervingly energetic, because it was so unnecessarily strong. You just were shaking. Whoa, what? That was something that Albert had thought about doing and had wanted to do, but didn't think that he should, and luckily, I had a friend that did that and shared that with me, so I was able to experience it. Ultimately, though, I think more than doing the right thing, is wondering what the right thing to do is. Asking the right questions. Why are we here? What's the meaning of life? Why do you want to know? What does it matter? If you do know, what is that going to change? How is that going to change? It's not about answers. Even if we had answers, we wouldn't want them. Obviously, we must have had answers at some point, or we must have figured it out at some point. And for whatever reason, we don't want it. That's why we keep changing it. That's why we keep asking 
Because it's not about the answer, it's about the questions. And asking the right questions. That's what I love about philosophy, is that it's the pursuit of wisdom. As soon as something becomes more definitive, as soon as it has more of a real, solid answer, it stops being philosophy, it becomes another branch. That's why we have all this science and psychology and all these other things that started off with us asking why, wondering why, just using our brains to think differently, to continue to adapt and to evolve, to exist. What a long week. What an unnecessarily long and tiring week. An obnoxiously around and in-your-face kind of week. I'm glad it's over. And I'm glad with the outcome of the election. And I don't really want to say too much more than that. I was uncomfortable and unhappy with the attitudes and ideas of people who were around me. Even when they got what they thought they wanted. It was still ugly, uncomfortable, unhappy. I was hurt too by the last four years. I've said my fair share about you-know-who. Impulsively, I do have anger and ugliness I want to say and lash out with. I want to point and laugh at him too, and all the people that supported him. I feel that. I think that. I do. I get it. I understand. But I don't want to. I don't think it's right. That isn't balance. That's just doing more of the same thing. The same thing that I was affected by that made me feel that. That's continuing that cycle. And that is not something that I want to do. I want to be better. And I'm going to try. Doesn't mean I won't fuck up and get mad and say some shit that I probably wish I hadn't. I'm sure that I will. I just hope that I'm aware I accept responsibility rather than make excuses and that I just try to be better. Like with the audio last week, I hope nobody else noticed or was as annoyed or bothered by it as I was, but there was some distortion at the beginning of certain words that I pronounced. It wasn't through the entire thing, but... I know there were some big parts at the beginning and toward the end, and I didn't notice it when I recorded. 
and I wasn't able to figure out how to get rid of it in post, I almost deleted it because of it. But I'm not going to do that because I like to live with my mistakes because at some point I may need to learn from them again. So I used my attention, my effort, to ask the right questions and do some research. And a big thank you to Podcastage, a YouTube channel that is very informative and offers a lot of really helpful advice and is very thorough with all reviews of equipment and recording and every aspect of podcasting. It has been my favorite resource so far, and from that, I learned that if I treated my room, which I did, I got some soundproofing foam up on the walls, I could get a new condenser microphone, which is going to pick up a lot of extra noise, so if you hear the airplanes that I can hear as I record this, or if you hear the extra noises in my mouth or my breathing, I'm going to be working on that as I figure out how to get a better sound. And I just want to sound the way that I sound. And this mic is supposed to do that. It's supposed to be a very neutral sounding microphone. A lot of people that do podcasts, they do a lot of the broadcasting stuff, which they use a lot of condensing and other things that make your voice sound bigger, fuller, bassier than it normally naturally would more than most people sound, and that's not what I want. I want to just sound like me. I don't want distortion. I don't want that weird tinny quality I thought I was getting. I just want to sound like me. So hopefully as I figure out how to use this mic right and get better with recording, that happens. The new equipment is exciting. It helped make my week better. And there are some other things, too. I surprised myself and kind of impressed myself because I wrote a fuck ton. Usually, it's one to three pages. If I write more, it gets up to four or five. But I don't know how many months it's been since I've written more than that. And earlier this week, I was excited that I'd gotten up to eight pages, and I kept writing. And so, ending this week, I've written 14 pages. I don't know how good any of it is yet, but it's nice to have a change, and a change that's a positive, and hopefully that'll last for more than this week, or... In this inspired week, the ideas will be good enough that we'll have some good content for weeks to come. I also randomly had better handwriting. I think this happened a couple of weeks ago, once or twice, but it happened again this week. Just kind of all of a sudden, it was lighter, it was more controlled, and it was a little bit slower, but... Definitely more than what I've been doing, and my brain was a little bit better. I was having longer thoughts that I was able to put together more effectively, not just like instant escaping 
sporadic kind of thoughts like I've had, I'm finally having those better, more immersive, long-continued, good headspace kind of thoughts that I haven't had in some time, and that's also helped me feel a little bit better despite what was going on around me. It was like having cats, the kind that go outside, and after they finish toying with whatever they caught, they leave you the body up on your doorstep. Except I was actually proud of one of our cats that used to do that, and the way that she would do it. She was a badass. Her name was Squirrel. I saw her catch birds out of the air. I saw her eat a baby bird in front of its mother and all the other birds around squawking down at her, looking up at them, and then putting her head down and pulling at the neck, clasped firmly in her jaw. She used to bring us the most artistic cat offerings that I've ever seen personally. There was this bird that the head was gone, but the rest of the body was there, and the wings were splayed out as though mid-flight. The body and legs were positioned neatly beneath it, and the stomach had been cut open, and apparently this bird had eaten corn. So there were a few pieces of corn that had spilled out of the stomach. And I told one of my friends at work about this, and she's like, Oh, what'd you do? Take a picture of it and draw it, you weirdo? And I was silent. And then I slowly smiled and started to laugh, and she knew that I had. So I'll have to share that with you guys when I find that picture. Because it was very artistic for a cat to do something like that. And there was also another time with, I think it was a gopher. She had left the, like, jaw of it. So there were the crazy long hooked teeth that they have, and it was open. And then there was just some bone, some flesh, and some fur attached. But it was mainly just that. No other parts of the creature, just the jaw of it. That was a separate occasion from the bird, but she was a good cat, and I did respect her sharing her artistic offerings with us in the way that she did. R.I.P. Squirrely. I wish there was that artistry to this week. I wish that there were well-intended offerings to what people kept leaving on my doorstep, metaphorically speaking, of course, but it was just getting useless, stinky, dead things that I didn't want. I wanted to write, and I wanted to enjoy the excitement of the week and the build-up, to see the competition and to feel the tension for what it was, not to just be, like, stressed out and anxious. And then Bill Burr came through for me. I listened to his Thursday podcast, and he was just using his brain and being a good dude. He had thoughts, his thoughts, and you could see the path of them, that they were just developed and drawn out and shared, and they just made sense. They represented his feelings, his beliefs, but they were just good thoughts and good things to share with people. 
Only other thing that made me feel that way this week was finally watching the newest season of The Chef Show on Netflix. Chef Roy Choi does everything that I love about cooking. The way that he thinks and the obvious expression of that in every movement he does, every way that he approaches every ingredient and handles it, and how he incorporates making things look good and feel good, the process is important as much as it being delicious and it being cooked right and it having a level of authenticity that it needs to for it to be what it is, but honoring his own interpretation and individuality in creating it. Watching every thing he does in the kitchen makes me feel that love, that home that I had when I was in the kitchen, and just good about what people can do, what they can be. You don't have to ask questions when you can just flow and move like that, when you've put in the attention and effort to organize your arrangements and to condense things to the point where it's just free and natural and right. I built who I am as a person, my core fundamentals, how I approach any obstacle in the kitchen. If I were to have a religion, it would still be line cook. There's so many ideas and experiences I'd love to share about that, and I think I eventually will. I know I keep talking about it and not doing it as much as I should, but the biggest one, the most important one that I think I love the most, you always do it right, even though you have to do it thousands and thousands of times every day. You always do it right. You take the time, and you do it right. You do the right thing. Ending on a note like that isn't what Albert would do, and it's not what I am going to do. I want to end on the kind of note I used to leave the tooth fairy under my pillow, which was, don't leave me a quarter or a dollar, leave me some heroin, bitch. Nature came through for me this week also. The moon danced down to me through the clouds. It drew my head and mouth back as I sent spirit smile arrows through the air. The moon, a muse, my muse, my moon. I must amuse as I am enamored in the encouragement of evolving emotion reflected from the moon. Last night I went to stand outside for a while in the same spot that I usually do in front of my house, the same spot where I've had a lot of these weird connections with nature. I heard a weird, like, rustling and, like, a heavy flapping, and I looked up, and on the branch just above me, like, ten feet away, there was a large bird, and it was obviously wrestling with what I was assuming was its catch. I stopped... I breathed quietly and I looked at it. The shape kind of started to become more defined as it moved around and I realized that it was an owl. And I had never been this close to an owl. And I realized that it was definitely with what it had caught and it was definitely dead at this point. 
and it shifted around a few times. It had it clenched, clenched, clenched in its claws, and I think it took a few nips at it here and there, but clearly this wasn't the place that it wanted to enjoy its catch, so it eventually flew off. It flapped off and had those big, long, strong wings that they have, and I was still just kind of dumbstruck by the experience of it. I finally was able to find some time to take some silence and to do some nothing. I've been missing that, and I didn't realize it, and I don't know why it's been so hard for me to find it, but my brain was obviously thirsty for it. It so very much needed the nothing time, and it took that thread and it unraveled the whole sweater, it started a whole damn clothing line, and it kept going. I couldn't even keep up with it, I couldn't write everything down, I couldn't think all the thoughts I wanted to, even. And then it would taper off and I'd just be left there with a bunch of slack line. I gotta remember that sometimes silence and nothing can attach to a kite and a slack line can become tense and soar through the air and provide enjoyment, mental stimulation. That's what I would do. Wobod. Wobod. <laughs>